Do I think I'm through coughing? Yeah, but I know I didn't blow my nose, so a little bit more pregame warm-up here. Uh, yep, little behind-the-scenes peek. Uh, we're going to go find some toilet paper to blow our nose into and then pee into a hole. Or are we? Okay, well, Phoebe, should we shut this? Come on, Bubba. Can you move that arm? That paw? That paw? That paw. Just that paw. That, that one's good. We be in, girl. We be in. Um, by the way, bottle caps suck now. Just so you know, at least Walmart ones do. Um, 37, 38 seconds, 39. Okay, 40. So we found paper towels to blow our nose and a toilet in which to pee. So most 21st century expectations of decorum met. Uh, <clears throat> why'd we get on to talk about stuff? Oh yeah, the Matrix. Okay, wait. I'm getting down to the end of a few of my favorites, like Kitchen Sink. There is one dab left, which I am saving for Intermission 2 of The Matrix. We're at Intermission 1, where it's that scene right as the alarm clock has gone off after Neo's followed the White Rabbit out for the night on the town. And the next literal, uh, uh, what do they call those? Scene wipe? is a soapy window being wiped by a window washer's uh, squeegee as Neo is looking out that window and his boss is looking directly into the computer. As if Neo's vision is clearing up as his boss is staying uh, myopic. Well, it's funny how I have no interest in cinematic um what? Perspective. Um, craft. <laughs> um, creation. Creativity. But somewhere, either through osmosis and cultural specificity, or just <clears throat> enough sidetrack, sidebar, side interest amalgamation of knowledge to be more sophisticated in how I see cinema, but a movie like The Matrix that you haven't watched in forever is a really good opportunity to see things new in the movie, especially because you've changed. And, uh, well, I guess that's what I got on to talk about. Right, Fred? We were going to uh, christen this one the East, Eastern Standard Time, EST, debut of the podcast. Podcast? This isn't a podcast. This is a confession. If anything, this is a love letter to Nicole. Is that what this is? Huh. Maybe. I don't know. That's not Nicole with a backward K either. No, that's Nicole with a C. But at what would be 11.50 East Coast time, we're going to take a 10 minute break so that we can Officially chime in at 12.01 a.m. EST because I don't want a three-peat on 28th. And I've already got one in the can. Ha-ha! So we're already working on tomorrow's work. Me? Ahead of the game? It's a first. Is it a first? Probably a second. I forget how long I can pause. Yeah, and this is <clears throat> this is that part where Neil gets that lecture every vice president 
Vice President? Vice Presidents? I wonder if they lecture subordinates. Probably. Um, no, Vice Principal. Especially like elementary, junior high school Vice Principal delivers the one where it's uh, the, you think you're special and you think the rules don't apply to you. And somehow uh, you think that that makes you above the law. <laughs> I mean, uh, I never got much detention, but I got detention once or twice, and the lecture was exactly this one. Oh, yeah. And it all starts with, do you have a problem with authority? Uh, yeah. I mean, shouldn't I? And here again, obviously, I've seen the too movie too many times. I'm too much of a late motherfucker to not have put together that he's being chastised for being late. But I love that he's about to lose his job because he's late. Some of the best among us. Okay, and an obvious reason, <clears throat> and the Matrix barely made it, but it did. An obvious reason the Matrix holds up is it has cell phones. And the whole black noir, uh, steampunk, industrial, payphone, retro element to the movie just works perfectly because they have cell phones. If cell phones weren't in play, this movie would be like watching The Shield. It just feels so... Wait, is it The Shield? Was The Shield the one without cell phones? Well, even Seinfeld. I mean, the whole garage episode can't happen if cell phones exist. <sighs> okay, and that brings me to another thing. I don't know that I've heard that garage cell phone joke before, but I probably have. And <clears throat> I had one even written down that I knew was so pedestrian that it was probably something said before. And that was what? I didn't write it on this list? I thought I did. That was... Um... Android ICU. Really, dude? Really, I said that. Android ICU. If that's not a joke off of a um, Saved by the Bell episode, well, it can't be, because that was way before Android. If that's not a joke off of a um, Big Bang Theory episode, probably, right? So, none of my stuff is original, nor is any of the stuff that I say meant to be a malicious borrowing of copyright intent. I would never, ever, never, ever, ever, never, ever. Right, Matrix? What? Principal's office? I've been called to the where? Oh, what I do? Well, apparently I forgot that I'm part of a team and that the team is only as strong as its weakest link. So either I start coming to work on time or I'm going to get fired. Okay, the uh, cinematography, especially the lighting of facial close-ups, and this movie is terrific, and it starts terrifically with uh, Trinity in her escape from the big truck, but with a mouthful of bottle cops, I shouldn't be talking, so hang on. All right, well, now with a mouthful of less, fewer, fewer bottle caps. Um, and a 12.01 EST, time for you and me, if this were live in some capacity, 
of which it's not because, well, you know me. Um, but this officially makes it my 11-29-22, how you been? No. How you gonna be? How you gonna be? Well, I'm gonna be watching The Matrix, and I'm gonna be getting me a better chord so that stops happening, and then we'll be back. So, you be good too. Talk to you on the flip side of The Matrix. Oh, I have to do it one more time. Sorry, folks. Woo! Hello, universe. It's snowing at 247, 247, 246. What time is it? 247. In the AM, in the Tuesday, November 29th, part of the uh, cosmic time continuum here on planet Earth in Milky Way Galaxy. Where um, Star Trek was a series in 67, 68, and 69, I believe. So, reference from there. Okay. I've already spoken about the Matrix. So, I'm not going to full-on geek, geek Matrix out, but... Um, wow. Am I rubbing myself while I'm talking about the Matrix? Um, <clears throat> okay, Trinity. First of all, I do have a friend. Not really a friend. I worked with a woman... At P.F. Chang's. I guess we're friends, right? Wouldn't we be friends, sort of? Dana, what would we be? Um, <clears throat> and her husband looks like Keanu Reeves, and she looks like uh, Carrie Ann Moss. And they do the Matrix thing at Halloween. They did it like three years running or something, if I remember right. Or at least I saw him do it twice. And, uh, and it's great. It's, <laughs> it's a great costume, I gotta say, for both of them. But <clears throat> the opening scene of Matrix Revo- or Reloaded, not Revolutions, not Revolutions, that beating heart stuff's stupid. But when Carrie Ann Moss comes in on the motorcycle and does the gymnastic backflip and <sighs> just tears apart the station. Oh, my God. I mean, that would almost put her above Jodie Foster. But Jodie Foster did candlesticks, so there's still that. At a time when I was 10, so my crush was appropriate, thank you. Not taxi drivery. Pause. I mean, and then she followed it up with Mission to Mars, right? If I believe my cinema organizational drawer is still filing correctly. Did she have a movie? Did she make that during the pause between 1 and 2 or 2 and 3? Or after all 3? Whatever. Ah, Carrie Ann Moss, one of my adult crushes, unlike Jodie Foster, who's been a crush my whole life, as has, who's been a crush my whole life, Farrah Fawcett, Jodie Foster, uh, Linda Carter, and I'm sure others, but those three for sure. Oh, I won't do Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman! Okay, well, you know what I didn't do? Get on here to talk about Linda Carter. Although, I would get on to talk about Linda Carter anytime. I think she is one sensational human being. Not just for her role as Wonder Woman. Anything she's done afterward just cements her... Her place on the shrine of people you're glad were picked to portray your favorite childhood heroes. They made Linda Carter one of the best choices therein ever. Sort of like... What? James Earl Jones' voice for Darth Vader? 
That was well thought through. One thing you did right, George, right? One thing. But, of course, that sample doesn't even qualify because Darth Vader was created in real time as James Earl Jones. But Linda Carter had to emerge into the suit that is Wonder Woman. So it's more like saying, well, they really knocked it out of the park when they put that, what was his name, Dobie Gillis or Tobey Maguire into the Superman costume? Oh, I don't know if they knocked it out of the park. They hit a single, a solid one, maybe even a double. They might have even wrapped a triple up there off the wall, but uh, I don't know. That wasn't Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. Oh my God. Obviously, Hugh Jackman, Wolverine. Or well, I'm Brendan Fraser, Encino Man. And was her in Encino Man too? Electric Boogaloo? That one too then. Was her too? She's like her life, right? Like recently. I mean, if <laughs> Polly Shore and Brendan Fraser don't both need a payday, with some fucking Audi lease payments they're looking at with some regret. Come on. Wasn't there a two? Seems like it. And what happened to Brendan Fraser? Right? I mean, we all know what happened to Polly Shore. Exactly what we expected to happen. But Fraser? He was in school ties. He's like, what could have happened to Matt Damon? Right? Matt Damon? Yeah. If you can't see Matt Damon as Encino Man... Really? Come on, then I've got a Ringo Starr to sell you as a caveman. Uh, next to the stage is Bridget Bardot. Bridget Bardot. Okay, I've literally wrung out the washcloth that is caveman Hollywood. Um, bad jokes? What else would those have been? Okay, I still haven't found my list, so pause. Okay, well, we're here to finally solve the biggest mystery in Hollywood. Is Charlie Sheen, in fact, an Estevez, or is Emilio Estevez, in fact, a Sheen? Okay. Everything isn't constructed in duality. Our universe was created by duality. No. The human experience that manifests in this universe's four dimensions, three in space, one in time, uh, are inclined toward duality, comfortable with duality, and honestly, seek refuge within duality. Even in a universe that offers multiplicity. <laughs> yes, I did like that movie. But, I, <laughs> if you cannot appreciate uh, Michael Keaton in his comedic roles, in his dramatic roles, I can see where maybe you think uh, enough's enough. That cocaine movie. But in his superhero movies, uh, I liked it, but I could see where you could criticize it. But his comedy movies? Come on, Mr. Mom, Beetlejuice, Multiplicity? Please. <clears throat> Way to have no Beetlejuice too. Bravo. Next. Pick your character sheet wisely. Okay. No, you don't have to. You're all those characters at once. That's the thing. So just know your role and play it accordingly. But your role changes from moment to moment. So be flexible. Be flexible. Be like, what was her name? Nadia Komenich. Komenichi? Komeniche? How do you know when you're a soul of multiple incarnations? 
Well, first, you keep dreaming back to the same scenes. And those scenes keep telling you something. These don't have to be lucid dreams. They can even just be that you keep coming back to a town that feels familiar that's in fucking 16th century uh, Poland. Or in 23rd century Arania. Who knows? But you start to have this pattern of recognition of the environment. If anything, you know the environment better than you should. Or, let's say, you have a dream a couple of times where you're a stable boy on a ranch. Then you have another dream where you're in this cobblestone square that you know is the town because your ranch is right down that road. Now, how do you know that? When all the dreaming you've done in that particular zone has been at the ranch? Well, because you've lived this out before. This is one of your past lives coming back to fruition, or a future life, or a side life in another timeline. This is your soul's experiences other than the one you're having right now. This is also your soul reaching out saying, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention, I've got something to tell you. And no, not like that Steve Martin joke. I break up with thee, I break up with thee, I break up with thee, and then throw dog poop on her shoes. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. This is your soul saying, I've got something to tell you, I've got something to tell you, I've got something to tell you. And there might be dog poop on your shoes. Pause. Okay. Okay. So, why do I just... <coughs> oh hold on. Okay. Why do I just freestyle this shit, right? Why can't I bring something more, more corralled and co coordinated and collapsible into a... What were those called? Cootie catchers? Like... Where's my organization? Where's my origami? Where's my... Okay. Um, yo. <coughs> Coffee McCofferson to the rescue. Uh, good question. Why can't I be more coherent? Especially when my attempts to be more coherent often produce results I think are superior. Mm. Yeah, I heard that. I did. But the freestyling lets my mind refiling go wherever my smiling, inclining, subliming intuition wants to go. Does it want to go put on a band-aid because that little thing on my thumb fucking hurts? Yeah, it does. So it does that. Now, should I have included this on the pre-game warm-up sheet as to how the show's going to fucking unfold? Well, no. The Band-Aid doesn't make the cut. But I got to be able to talk about whatever the hell comes up next without going to point, 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 point on the counterpoint of the point, point, point of the subtext of the point when we get to the subcategorization of the secondary part of how that point could be interpreted if, and this is critical, if it's misinterpreted. No, that isn't me. I mean, that's me, but I have to just sort of freely get there. This can't be one. Well, let's see. What are, I'm guessing that's 30 different points. All written in different directions so that I can tell which point starts where and ends where. 
Well, actually, no, a lot of them are written in the same direction, but I mean, that's my organization. I take a blank piece of paper and I draw shit on it. And when I say draw shit, I draw shit in words, not in pictures. All right, shall we move on? Which character sheet should we pick? Are we going to pick wisely or poorly here? Well, if we're going to pick poorly, then we're going to be what? A thief? Well, no, I was a thief, so let's pick something else. Let's pick Paladin. There's one I've never been. Um, <clears throat> print history. Yeah, still don't know what that one says. All right. Information access being controlled or censored is something I didn't understand how powerful it was. No, censorship, of course, I understand how powerful that is. You're, you're squelching dissent. Hell, you're squelching other. I don't even know what you're squelching anymore. But I, I've always understood that censorship was a hugely uh, socially corrective weapon. Um, but access to information. I'd missed on this. Because I thought... Well, I come from a generation where access to information was earned through a certain amount of labor, not just clicking your phone. And this isn't to say that we've gone backward. We've gone completely forward. But you couldn't see this future from Encyclopedia Britannica. Okay, if you and your neighbor had both read it front to back, you basically had the same knowledge base. There was no exploration except to get to a library. And then to get into the library's inner text sanctum. Or to get to a university library. Or, God forbid, to get into graduate school and go through all that bullshit. But my point is, <clears throat> if you were trying to acquire knowledge, you climbed a vertical. Or you sank a vertical, whichever direction you want to think of it. And, uh, and so, access to information really didn't have to be controlled beyond the very elite level of the information. Those just trudging away up and down the verticals, let them go. Let them waste 25 years of their lives learning nothing. Now, access to information? Your internet service provider? Hello, AT&T. Fuck you, T-Mobile. Well, they have a lot of control. A lot more than the ivory towers ever held. Okay, so I said on at one point, the obvious truth is one place to start. Promote truth overtly and subliminally. Here's the thing. I'm up for all weapons back against censorship, uh, minimizing voices and diminishing the individuals. If we're going to win those fights, we're going to have to use all the weapons that get used against us, including overt and subliminal methods of promotion. So how does the truth get promoted subliminally? First of all, start speaking it, conversing it in areas in which it can be overheard. 
I can't tell you how much validity certain thought destinations have gained in just one coherent, conversant moment of overheard discussion between two reasonable people in a public setting that makes me think, I'm not fucking crazy. I mean, I'll have five moments of thought on the way home that converse in my head the other direction. Oh my God, am I fucking crazy or what? But, I don't know the answer to this. And this might, might be a little preview of what's coming in the next season. Season five. Well, I could be wrong. Hang on, I'm going to pause and do some stuff. And was do some stuff a euphemism for take a dump? It might have been. All right. Well, whatever euphemism I use to go to the bathroom, I'm back. Oh, there we go. Pulling my pants up to where they'll sit so I can sit on the bed and give my dog a rub. Hi, Phoebes. Okay. I kind of wanted to get back on that. What happens if you follow the evil road and you get trapped on Earth? Because I know there are souls who have been trapped here. For what reason, I don't necessarily understand. And by trapped here, I mean they've been here like, what, 10,000 cycles? Uh, Or possibly 10,000 years. Maybe it's just one cycle of calamity that cut us off from... Cut us. I don't think I'm one of these souls, to be honest. But cut these entrapped souls off from their avenue home to the Orion Belt or whatever. Maybe, 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 maybe. Or... They are coming out of a 10,000 cycle purge of soul energy, poor energy. That whole Brahma, what, uh, I'm not about to talk about what the Hindu tradition is because I don't know it well enough to speak it off the cuff, and I don't ever mean to be disrespectful, especially to religion. Well, sometimes I do, but not like that. Okay. Disrespectful handling my phone all the time. Disrespectful to religious ideals and um, convictions? I try not to be. Do your thing. Do whatever makes you get up in the morning with a smile on your face and feel good about yourself. And then go do kind and understanding things for a forgiving world. Okay, so how do you know you're a soul of multiple incarnations? I already got on one of those. That's the multiple dreams into the same area. Especially an area that you realize you recognize more than you should through your dreams. Now, could that just be dream recollection that's waving away first thing in the morning as that fog lifts? Sure. But it's not. It's you seeing yourself in other positions repeatedly. Listen to those situations. That isn't happenstance. That's not coincidence. That's repetitive pattern trying to get your attention. Pay attention. Another one. Phobias. If you have phobias, especially phobias of the if I do this, I'll die kind, like phobias of drowning, phobias of falling, phobias of uh, fire, burning up in a fire, phobias of, oh, I forgot this one. This is a big one, too. Claustrophobia. A lot of people die in suffocation situations, terribly, unfortunately. 
But running out of air, yeah, it happens to a lot of people. You've been here long enough. You fall into the wrong circumstance. Wrong rocks roll the wrong way, and all of a sudden you're buried. <laughs> and so claustrophobia is a real one. Um, point is, that's another way you know you are a soul of multiple incarnations because you still have the trace residue of fearing the way you died. Especially horrific dies, deaths like drowning. Drowning's a tough one. If you fear the water like anything gulp, gulp, gulp underwater, you've drowned before. <clears throat> Alright, hang on. Fear of setting yourself on fire while smoking a weed? Nope, I don't have fear. Cause man, I've never done that. Okay. Whoa! <laughs> okay. Uh, two others come to mind, so let's just knock them off real quick. What, Phoebe? Two others come to mind. Um... Another one is, you know you're a multiple soul incarnation if you came here with an exceptional uh, ability. If you were a terrific artist at the age of 11, if you could play high-level classical piano at 9, if you were a prodigy in chess, whatever, you're, you're multiple um, and, oh, what was the other one I was going to say? Not phobias. Uh, yeah, what was it, Fiend? I don't remember either. Oh, well, there are three. Um, so, you know you're a soul of multiple incarnations if, oh, I know, I know what the other one was. Uh, the other one was, if you have the voice in your head telling you that you've been here before. Deja vu is a sign of multiple incarnations. And it's not one that shows you that you've definitely traveled across timelines. It's one that shows you that you're currently in split soul situation. So, yeah, deja vu for sure. Dream Deja Vu, probably. I'm not really... I, I gotta figure out what Dream Deja Vu is. Ever, if you go chasing that elusive moment of self-reality discombobulation, it'll just run away from you. It is the ultimate greased-up hair. Hair? Like rabbit. Of course. Boy, am I getting better. And hitting the pause button for a cough. Alright. What else can we pluck off this one? Uh, oh, fear of flying. I left that off the list of deaths. Yeah. Um, uh, Millie and the Millie Vanilli Tusum should be the human, should be humanity's flag. I'll leave that alone at this point. I think wha about the yes, yeah, judge all the time. I do. Okay. So, you don't have to go far. You can definitely go to Texas. You can definitely go probably to all 50 states. I'm sure there's some judge in every state who's handing out traffic tickets or the fines they're in to, or, or even low-level you know, misdemeanor tickets for... What, pot possession? I don't know. Doesn't matter. He's cranky judge in cranky court. Because he's dealing with the 
uh, what the uh, the uh, who is that talk show host? The crazy dude, or not the crazy dude? But he always had crazy guests on Jerry Springer. It's Jerry Springer court for real. So this judge is just pissy to the point that when he asks you a yes or no question, the response, yeah, is unacceptable. And I know 10% of you just ruffled your feathers. 40% of you just thought, that's stupid. Who gives a shit? And 50% of you thought, fuck that dude, because you've been in that court. Or you've seen this dude. Or you know this dude. Because... (sighs) I'll tell you what's not going to get you brownie points from the uh, Soul Review Board is you sitting in some authoritative perched position of hmm, of control over other people's destinies and treating their direct response to you with such... What is, what is the, the response that the judge has in these situations? Seething... Dis- What, just, you can tell how superior he thinks he is to everything that's happening around him. Which, of course, will get him sent back here as a mute, uh, what, legless black lesbian who's in love with her um, nurse, but can't tell her because she's mute. I don't know. I hope, I mean, I hope the the reckoning for somebody with that sort of disdain for the others around him is severe. And I don't mean to pick on whoever I just picked on. Certainly not black lesbians. I don't mean to pick on anybody ever. But I know who has it the hardest. And that motherfucker is coasting like a piece of shit straight into hell. So, if his little routine of evil gets him trapped in evil road... And because he can't express his love for his nurse in his next round of life, he starts murdering people with some sort of chemistry set he inherited from his grandma. Or whatever, right? Like he just turns into another vile person and then another vile person. And pretty soon he's like the vilest person that we've seen go through this whole earth thing. Well, how do we save that soul? The good among us? need to come together. Isn't it time? Aren't we overdue? Isn't the flag that needs to be waving around here not Milli Vanilli, but the best among us doing the best to our ability create, well, in previous incarnations, we created the most wonderful things the universe has ever seen. Do we have to live to that standard now? No. No. But we can't keep living to this standard, can we? 